2020 hit pageants hard. And whilst everyone else is talking about how to walk, how to talk and how to dress, no one's answering the real questions like, what should I do when I've lost all motivation? How can I regain my confidence? How do I pick myself up after a soul-destroying pageant experience? Or should I even be doing pageants in the first place, especially after 2020? It's time to make sure your inner game is as strong as your outer game. It's time to make sure you're aligned so that you're pulled towards your goals rather than being pulled apart. It's time to put that imposter syndrome to rest once and for all. I'm your host, Adrian Kwan, and welcome to the Pageant Boss Podcast. Hey guys, um, as I said, going to be recording the uh, podcast live into the group for you. If you're hearing noise, by the way, I'm actually next, I'm, at a, I'm in my car, in a car park next to the railway station. I um, I figured out that I love recording in my car for some reason, but I can't just get in my car at home and do it live for you because one of the blessings of my life is that there's a mobile reception hole basically situated right above my house. Like everywhere else gets really great reception except this one hole on top of my house. So if I wanted to go live outside my house in my car, it would keep dropping out. Um, interestingly, when we had the really bad fires here in Sydney, uh, this and I lost my home internet for the better part of two weeks completely. This is where I had to come to do all my interviews. Just to give you an idea, in my car, I use my mobile phone as a mobile Wi-Fi sort of thing and then use my laptop attached to it and interviewed from my car. That's sometimes what you've got to do as an entrepreneur. Uh, but welcome to Pageant Boss episode 14. And I wanted to talk today because I've had a bunch of you join the Facebook group. Um, thank you so much for that. And if you haven't joined it yet, then you can join it for free. Uh, I guess you could go to Facebook and just search the pageant boss. It might come up. Otherwise, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. And I've been getting some feedback from you guys as to topics that you want me to cover. Now, there is the usual amount of pageant stuff in there, which is no surprise given that you're all pageant contestants. But as I said, I do want to help expand your guys' minds and not just tackle pageantry. I want to help you tackle things like entrepreneurship and other facets of your life because I fundamentally believe this to be true. If you become a better person, a healthier person, a wealthier person in terms of not just your finances, but your relationships, your friends and your family, then you are going to become a better pageant queen, right? Rather than sometimes what I think happens is people become so tunnel focused on how do I win this pageant, you forget that you forget that there's a, not not only there's a world outside pageantry, but to work on yourself, not just in the pageant sort of narrow definition of it, but go and have some more, like let's say you don't do so well at a pageant as well as you'd like. I'd say one of the things that you could do is forget the coaching side of it. Go and live more life. Go and go on an adventure. Go traveling. Start a, start a business. Um, go and try a new job, go and learn a new skill, learn a different language, right? Do something you haven't done before because 
then when you come to the pageant, at least when it comes to any spoken part, or even when you're just talking on your social media, you inherently become a more interesting and entertaining person. Because let's face it, we all know that one person, we all have that one friend who had a dinner party is the life of the party, right? They have all these stories to tell and everyone's spellbound by them. We can't wait to hear what, they, what they've gotten up to. That person's not trying to be interesting. They are interesting. That's why we want to listen to them. Whereas sometimes in pageantry, I get the feeling that people are trying to be interesting by working on their interview technique. But unless you've actually lived life, like there's no way to fake that, right? So what I wanted to focus on today is how to transition. And my good friend Nadia says, Miss Universe Island, I keep mentioning her. Um, she, this is one of the topics that she put, which was how to transition from being a pageant queen to an entrepreneur. Now, I've been thinking about this for sort of the past hour before I got here. Like, what am I going to say? And it's not because I don't have anything to say. It's because there's so much to say. Like, how, how do you become a successful entrepreneur? I mean, that that's a lifetime, right? And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I've cracked the code because I'm figuring this out much like you guys are. Maybe I'm one step ahead of you. Maybe you're one step ahead of me, but I'm by no, I'm by no means an expert. I don't have such a giant ego that I go, I know everything. No, I don't. But I, and I don't want to make these episodes so long. I don't want to make them so long and I don't want to make them so complicated. I want you to listen to it as a sort of a soundbite and then go and do something, particularly with today's episode. So what I wanted to give you today was three things. Let's say you're, you are in the position where you're not sure you'd like to start, let's say, a business or a nonprofit. Like it doesn't have to be a profit-making venture, right? It could be a non-for-profit. It could be an app, something like that. It's just that my assumption is that a lot of you from talking to you have entrepreneurial tendencies, which is why I believe this is going to be relevant to a lot of you. There are three things that I want you to consider before you decide what you're going to do. And in business speak, you often will hear the term picking your niche or picking your niche. I think as the Americans say, I say niche, you can say niche, it's okay, right? And I mean, before you start your business, you've got to decide what you're going to do. So it makes sense. Now, the issue that I have, there are three things I want you to, to consider, but there tends to only be one thing that most people talk about, which is most people say, do what you love. Now, that's absolutely important. But you might love sitting at home in your track pants, eating Cheetos, watching Netflix. I doubt very much you can turn that into a successful business. I don't think anyone's going to pay you to sit at home on your butt, eating chips, watching whatever, right? I mean, I could be wrong. I mean, people are getting paid a lot of money these days to stream video games, but I think that's a little bit different, right? There's entertainment, there's banter. They're not just tuning in to, to watch you sit on a couch. So loving what you do is certainly important. And let's say that's one of the three things that I wanted you to think about, okay? So here's a checklist. Number one is what do you enjoy doing? What do you love? So what are you passionate about, okay? That's number one. Number two, what are you good at? Because if you're going to start a business around something, it might be helpful to actually be good at it, right? And then number three is, and this is so important, and this is where some of the romantics about entrepreneur, entre, entrepreneurialism will get carried away and forget, 
Number three is, is that will anyone actually be willing to pay you for it and hopefully pay you a lot of money for it? Because you want to work with people who are willing, like you get more excited about making a sale of a house, right? For hundreds of thousands of dollars than selling, I don't know, a fidget spinner for $5. But it's not very likely you can sell a fidget spinner for hundreds of thousands of dollars. The issue is a lot of people this is a skill that you'll want to get really good at is sales. A lot of people are awkward about the sales part. It's similar to when you go into a pageant interview, you're kind of selling yourself. But one of the questions that really a lot of people get stuck on is, why should we pick you as our title holder versus anyone else? And guess what? That's where the selling comes into it. You've got to sell yourself as the best pick for the title holder. And so many of you get awkward about it. And I get it. I understand it. Don't get me wrong. But that's sales. And that's where, that's one skill you've got to get really good at with business. And that's why I keep saying, I think one of the best things you could, you could do for your pageant career is launch your own business, not necessarily to make a million dollars, but just to learn some of these skills that are 100% transferable to pageantry. But to backtrack, so the three questions I want you to ask yourself, if you haven't already picked a niche slash niche, one, what do you love doing? Number two, and, and you need to, you, what ideally you want to find is the intersection of these three. So the three is what, what do I love doing? Uh, number one, what do I love doing? Number two, what am I good at? And number three, what would people be willing to pay for? If you can find the intersection of those three, so something that fits into all three. So you love it. You're good at doing it and people are willing to pay you for doing it then you've got a pretty solid niche to start, right? Now, how you then go and create the business is a separate topic. And I don't want to get into that now because this would just get out of control and I'll completely lose track of what I'm saying. I mean, you could do courses, you could do books, you could do masterminds, you could do events, you could do coaching, you could, the list is endless as to how to, how to do it, how to deliver it, right? But you've got to pick what you're going to do first. So, and if, okay, because so many people, when I, when I ask them, what do they love doing or what are they good at? The, the, the answer comes out, well, I, I don't know, or I'm not good at anything. That is a lie. That is a lie that you are telling yourself over and over again. So many times you are now, you now believe it. And that lie is so destructive. You couldn't, you, you won't, you won't believe it. It's the same sort of limiting beliefs. Like people talk about limiting beliefs when you go into pageantry. We call them belief systems, BS, right, for short. But if you can't get out of the way of your own limiting beliefs, then there's no chance for success in anything you do. If you have a limiting belief about your health, if you have a limiting belief as to what a relationship means, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, you are setting yourself up for failure before you even attempt. You're probably better off just, you know, saving yourself the trouble. So don't buy into that, okay? If you genuinely believe there's nothing that you're good at, genuinely, then what I would say is, well, that's okay. Go and learn a skill. Because, hey, I mean, it's not, not, not like any of us are born and, oh my God, I'm born and, gee, I'm really good at social media marketing. No, we, we, we learn all this stuff, right? So if you genuinely don't think that you're good at anything, genuinely, then go and learn a skill. 
right? But what I would say is if you're not sure what you're good at, the best thing, the easiest thing you can do is go and ask a really good friend, a partner or a parent, hopefully the parent knows you pretty well, and say, hey, I'm just wondering what, I'm thinking about starting a business, what do you think I'm good at? And just see what they say. You might be surprised by the results because very often it's difficult for us to see ourselves, um, but it's a lot easier for people to see our own strengths and weaknesses. Sometimes it's just very difficult to see it within ourselves because we get in our own way. So try that, see what they say. Um, and the other thing is, don't think that the skill itself needs to be that tangible, right? Now, what do I mean by that? You don't necessarily have to have a skill like, oh, I'm really good at numbers or I'm really good at accounting. You might have a skill such as I'm really organized. Okay. Now, if you are really organized, you go, great, Adrian. Well, how can I turn that into a business? Well, you could be a virtual assistant, a VA. Now, what's a VA? There are people, there's one person I follow on TikTok who is making multiple six figures by being CEOs or successful business people's virtual assistant, which is basically the same as being a personal assistant, but you get it to do it, you get to do it from home, right? So you are doing the personal assistant stuff like organizing meetings, organizing their timetable. Maybe you're responding to emails for them, right? But they are, they, they pay you and they're in a position, maybe they're, they're traveling all over the place. So it's not really, um, possible for them to have a personal assistant. Uh, or maybe also they like the flexibility of having a virtual assistant and maybe it might cost them less as well. Rather than having to have a personal assistant on a salary, they just have a virtual assistant. So if you're organized, you could become a virtual assistant, right? If let's say, and this is another person I follow on TikTok, let's say you're good at writing and you go, well, how can I turn that into a skill? I don't want to be an author. Okay. Well, you can do what's called copywriting. And there's a, there's a girl I follow on TikTok who, again, is making multiple six-figure income from doing what's called copywriting, which is, for example, it's the writing that you do to sell stuff. So things that she does, for example, is writing Amazon product descriptions. So you know what Amazon is, you've all been on it, and very often you read the product description and you decide what you're going to buy based on the product description. Well, this girl writes things like that, product descriptions. Um, she is a very good writer, so she actually does ghost writing as well, which means she will write an entire book for you and you get to say that you're the author. Now, the first time I heard that, I thought that sounded dodgy. It's called ghostwriting, but it's a legitimate industry. Um, and you might be surprised, many of the best-selling books, non-fiction books anyway, maybe even fiction books, the author on the front may not have actually written a word of the book. They might have paid a ghost writer to write the thing. It's a, it's a funny world we live in. But she gets paid, I, I believe she gets paid by the number of words. So I think it's like per thousand words. And I forget the exact figure, but it's enough that she's making multiple six figures and to the point where she's employed other people to help because that's how busy she is. So when it comes to skills, I want you to dig deep, ask other people, and if you don't think you have monetizable skills, write a list of things that you're good at because they could turn into things that you could do. But the other thing that I want you to do from today, if you're thinking of starting a business and you haven't picked a direction yet, or maybe you have picked a direction and it's just not going anywhere, 
right? I mean, if it's going gung-ho, you got good results, keep going. But if you either haven't started the business or you kind of started it and you're going, you know what, it doesn't really seem to be working, then what I want you to do is a very simple exercise. I want you to, once a day, brainstorm 20 money-making ideas, 20. And I'm not saying they have to be good. When you brainstorm, part of brainstorming is you don't judge whether it's good or not, whether it's feasible or not. It literally is just get 20 ideas on paper. Now, why do I say 20? Why do I say brainstorm? Well, we're going to brainstorm firstly. So we're going to start training your mind to business, to business opportunities, right? Rather than just going, I'm not good at anything, forcing your brain to actually go, well, I could do this, I could do this, and starting to get your brain to think in business ways, which is very different to a nine to five employee's ways, because a nine to five employee, they get their money no matter what they do at work within reason, right? I mean, they need to do a good job, don't get me wrong, but the attraction of the nine to five is a security, right? You go there and you do your job and you're going to get paid no matter what. The drawback of the nine to five is it's not as secure as we thought, look at 2020, for example, um, and that security is going down and down, by the way, it's not going up and up. And the other thing is a lot of people these days particularly want a lifestyle freedom, which is one of the things I want, which is you can travel and work at the same time. And you're not going to be able to do that with a nine to five. So you're going to brainstorm to get you out of the nine to five mindset and to train your entrepreneurial brain. That's why we're brainstorming. Why 20? Well, to push you out of your comfort zone a little bit, but also with the understanding that if you do 20, and let's say you just do it for 10 days, okay? Let's say 10 days, brainstorming 20 ideas, that's 200 ideas. Do you think that maybe one of those ideas might actually be an idea that could work? Just one. And how many ideas do you need to turn your life around? That's the thing. I don't want you to go brainstorm one and get fixated on it because it might not be that great an idea. And by the way, when I say that, that's not coming from a place of judgment. It's There are a lot of ideas that we think are great and they don't work. And then there's ideas that people would think, no, that everyone would think, oh, gee, that would never work. And then they do work, right? Like fidget spinners, for example. Tell me why fidget spinners became such a craze. I have no idea. I think when they came out, I was still coaching tennis and all of my students had these fidget spinners. I'm like, why are you guys buying this? And they would just be fidgeting with them. There was no good reason for it. But hey, that, that was an idea that worked, right? So let's say 10 days. Commit to doing 10 days. Brainstorm 20 ideas a day. I guarantee you, odds are good that one of those ideas will work, right? Now, as I said at the beginning, so the three things you want to check off is what do I like doing? What am I good at doing? And what some, what, what's someone going to pay me for? So hopefully that one idea that will work will fit those three criteria. But this is, and I'd be very surprised if it didn't, if you really push yourself and you really do the exercise and you're not just doing the same idea worded 200 different ways, the chances are very, very good that one of those ideas is some sort of business that you can monetize and get some success with. Okay, so that's all I want you to do um, if you're up for it. And if you have any particular questions, and let's say you have a business idea, because I know a lot of people have business ideas, and they're just not sure whether it will work. If you want to message me or comment in the Facebook group, 
um, your business idea. And I say direct message me because maybe you don't want to tell other people your business idea. And I, I understand that. I'm respectful of that. If you want to get some feedback from myself, then I'm more than happy to give you the feedback. I'm not going to charge you for that. I mean, if you want sort of a business consult, that's a different thing. But if you just want to run an idea past me to see what my five cents is, then go for it. Sure, I'm up for that. Um, so that's it. There are some pitfalls. As I said, I don't want to go into how, once you picked your business, how to deliver on it, like with the courses, with the book, because that's a separate topic completely. There are, there's a couple of pitfalls I would really, in, I want to briefly just say, don't do these things. Okay. First off, stop telling yourself that you're not good at anything, that there's nothing that anyone would pay you for. That's probably the number one thing. Okay. Stop telling yourself the lie that there's nothing that you could do that anyone would pay you for. And the second thing, and I'll leave it at this. What was I? <laughs> I completely forgot because I can see someone's jumped on the live, so it distracted me. Um, it'll come back to me. It'll come back to me. God, it's so hot in here. Oh, I remember now. Do not run your idea past other people who maybe don't have any business knowledge, but specifically don't ask people whether they think something is a good idea. Right. If you have an idea for a business, please do not go and ask someone, would you pay me to do this? And then go, okay, it must be a great idea. Because I have seen that exact thing happen again and again, a lot of the time in the pageant world. And people will ask their friends, look, I'm thinking of doing this. Do you think it's a good idea? And people go, yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. Then they put all this time and effort into creating this product or service or ebook or whatever it is. They launch it and no one buys it, right? All those same people who said it was a great idea, none of them buy it. And that's because people will tell you it's a great idea to avoid hurting your feelings. But the ultimate decision is whether they're willing to, you know, put their hand into their pocket, bring out this thing and give you their credit card. That's the ultimate test. So when you have a new idea, I actually think it's better not to go around telling everyone and don't ask people whether they think it's a a good idea or not. Believe me, there are ways that you can work that out very quickly, whether it's a good idea or not, without investing a lot of time, money and effort. And again, if you have a business idea and you want to run it past me, message me in the comments below this, or if you want to keep it confidential, then just message me privately and I'll be happy to run you through it. Okay. But I want to leave it there for today because it's actually really, really hot, especially in my car at the moment. But remember the three things. Number one, find something that you enjoy doing, that you're passionate about. Absolutely, that's one. Number two, find something that you're good at. Really ask yourself. Don't just go, I'm good at nothing. That's a lie, okay? You are good at something, I promise you. And number three, you want to find something that people would hopefully pay you for. So if you can find the intersection of all those three, then you have the basis to start a successful business, to pick a niche that you can run with. Um, I will leave it there for today. Thanks for listening and I'll speak to you in the next episode. Hey, it's Adrian again. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just a quick reminder to come and join our private Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss. You're going to be getting early access, special offers and discounts to all our upcoming products, courses and events. So make sure you head there now. It's free to join for the moment at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the pageant boss and remember the link to join is in the show notes to this episode 
So click that link, join our group, and I'll speak to you in the next episode of the Pageant Boss Podcast. <laughs>